Welcome to the Retail Insider video interview series. I'm your host today, Craig Patterson, and we're joined here today with a special guest. This is Marco Riva, and we're going to be talking a bit about the revival of consumers distributing in Canada and perhaps even beyond. Welcome, Marco. Uh, thank you very much, Craig. Very nice to meet you. Now, uh, we're going to talk a bit about consumers distributing. It was a retailer that I think um, had shut down 27 years ago now, I think it's been, in Canada. Uh, very well known in terms of having uh, had stores around the country, basically, you know, either order things and it would be in the store or you'd have it shipped to you. But uh, how did you get the rights to the consumers distributing name? Can you tell us a little bit about that here first? I'm 60, uh, 61 right now. But when I was a kid, I've uh, I've shopped there. I've uh, I've experienced uh, the consumer distributing uh, concept. And I've been a retailer pretty much my whole life since uh, the age of 16. Uh, I saw that there was a, an availability at the trademark offices in the United States and Canada uh, for the rights and the name and the brand of consumers and distributing. Um, so I purchased them and uh, I'm looking to launch them, hopefully within the United States and Canada. And uh, tell me about the concept that uh, you're conceptualizing for this consumers distributing 2.0, I guess we would say. Yeah, on steroids. Well, basically... Um, knowing about the company, um, I think their downfall was that the products were uh, not readily available. And I think by um, what's happening today in our world uh, with the Amazons of the world and the Alibabis of the world, basically, um, we are launching it in a different format. What we're doing is we're working with the distributors and uh, to hopefully uh, ship it directly to the consumers. Uh, consumers and distributing website as well is uh, is something that we've acquired, and in on on our line online platform, uh, we will have the actual distributors log up their products that are available um, within the actual website, and then we're hopefully looking for uh, big boxes um, that we would also be able to generate our type of showroom stores. So basically, our suppliers will ship samples to our stores, uh, like they will also upload on our site. Um, our, our big boxes, we're looking to take over some of Nordstrom's or Macy's or JCPenney's, some stores that have closed down. We're looking for two, 300,000 square foot boxes where we're able to uh, show product and uh, basically have the consumer walk in um, and see like, like if they were going to a trade show, and uh, go into each category with each brand. And basically, nobody will be able to walk out with anything, but basically buy the product and uh, get it shipped from the consumer, from the distributor to the consumer. If there's a return, then the consumer will ship it back to the distributor and so on and so forth. So we won't have a, a lack of merchandise or we won't have a, a problem with uh, unavailable products. And, um, and I think that will be hopefully our success. Because he was when when I was you know reading about a lot of uh, um, advertising or I would say a lot of ads of what the concept was about the the biggest problem he was at the, the billions in sales he had hundreds of stores in Canada he has hundreds of stores in the U.S. and the biggest problem was merchandising uh, and getting the merchandise that was uh, allocated to the consumer. So now I think that we've cured this problem and looking forward to opening pretty soon, getting our big boxes together, opening up our market uh, market on market site on online 
and uh, and that's how uh, this uh, this hopefully this new consumers and distributing format stores or concept will hopefully be launched. Very interesting. Now, um, what sort of uh, product categories have you uh, thought of that uh, would be part of these new consumers distributing stores, both the physical stores, which are acting as showrooms as well as online? We're thinking uh, we're only going for hard goods. We're not going for soft goods, meaning we're not doing any clothing. We're not doing any shoes or jewelry or or apparel. We're going into uh, beddings and furnitures and fixtures and equipments and instruments. Uh, basically, we're going from air conditionings to uh, ovens and refrigerators and TVs and stereos and and uh, everything that's pretty much hard goods that would people don't normally walk out of stores with. And these would be, um, in terms of the physical showrooms, quite large. You're saying two to 300,000 square feet. Uh, let's talk about Canada a bit more. Um, you're looking for some larger uh, retail spaces, I, I think, to uh, to do this, right? Yes, uh, we've, I've actually had a conversation with Oxford. I've seen that, uh, you know, there's Nordstrom's that have shut down in uh, Yorkdale, I think, and um, in other locations in Vancouver, et cetera. So we're looking to either... Uh, take over those type of big box stores and convert them into a consumers and distributing store. Yeah, right. And you said the United States as well with J.C. Penney, which is I think closing some stores. Sears, uh, I don't even know if it exists in the states anymore, or Kmart, yes. or or even Macy's, right? Yes. So, well, Sears, we we're looking into Coral Gables. There's a Simon project where there's also we're looking at J.C. Penney's here in New York, and uh, the, these are stores that have been uh, closed down for a little bit. Uh, one of them for a couple of years. So we're looking to redevelop these big boxes into these consumers and distributing uh, big box stores. Yeah. 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 And so the online and in-store would be, uh, I guess, connected in terms of you'd have third-party distributors that would be part of this retail concept. They would be showcasing their product in the physical stores, but also would have a very robust e-commerce uh, presence as well as part of this consumersdistributing.com. Yes, consumersindistributing.com will be set up as a marketplace. Um, it'll be like a, an Alibaba, a, an Amazon, and a fair, or uh, you know these types of sites where they will uh, actually the actual distributor or the actual supplier will load up the products within our our site. People will be able to shop online, and at the same time they'll be able to visit a store if they would like to see the actual goods. So they're going to work both and both in conjunctions with each other. Yes, that that'd be uh, that's our concept. And you were looking at sort of a, a warehouse club concept with a membership. Or tell me a little bit more about how that might work. We're actually offering an eighty nine dollar membership. Uh, the eighty nine dollars it'll be a one time membership. Um, we are not looking to charge it annually like most of the people do. It'll be a one-time membership where you'll get a 5% discount. But at the same time, we didn't want to limit the, the consumer or the customer coming through the front door. We would not stand there and, you know, like you would go to a Sam's Mart or you would go to Costco and they would actually sit there and say, show me your card before you go in. We're going to let them all in. And at the same time, when you buy, I don't know, sofa, bedroom, TVs, et cetera, and you're looking at spending thousands of dollars, you'll save an automatic 5% on all the goods being uh being uh basically a member of of consumers and distributing and uh, hopefully people will see a lot of savings because don't forget that we're trying to get a, a distributing price to the consumer and that's why we're called consumers and distributing and that's a uh, big match <laughs> the name the name says it all and i love that <laughs> yeah it makes sense it makes sense and i guess uh, for this 89 dollar uh 
uh, one-time charge, probably the consumer would save that. If they're buying a sofa, they're probably in that 5% discount already getting that $89 off. Yeah, it'll be, you know, it'll be fantastic. And not only will they be getting that 5% discount, they'll also, uh, they'll also be getting all the amenities that we'll be offering within the store as free. So basically we'll have stations within the stores giving drinks and coffees and, you know, coffee costs $7 now, uh, you know, uh, the things that, you know, it's pretty expensive to, to just eat a little something, but we're going to have a few little departments within the departments where we'll be catering to members and we'll be servicing free coffees, free drinks, free appetizers, et cetera. We want to make it really feel you know beautiful within the store and feel the customers welcome to sit down and uh, actually one member would be able to bring any family member with him so we're not going to attach it just to one person we'll be attaching it to the the to whoever he comes in with really very uh, i think it'll be very home home and welcoming to the to the consumer and so this would be an experiential physical concept, uh, I guess, to drive people in to look at the product, because obviously people can shop online for various things. There will be a consumers distributing website with product on it, but uh, you're also looking at creating this physical experience for consumers to, I guess, experience the product uh, and, and to engage with the retailer, not just online. Yeah, you know, the... Uh... I've uh, done trade shows my whole life. So it would be like going to the, the electronic shows or the furniture shows where you have the, the different suppliers. We'll, we'll have hopefully Samsung, we'll have Yamaha, we'll have we'll have Miele, we'll have a whole bunch of beautiful brands that will showcase their actual products. Um, hopefully we'll do some, some of the uh, companies will hopefully do some type of trunk shows within our, within our concept that, you know, they'll have the representative staying there, uh, actually describing the product and it'll be getting to know the product more, uh, more details, more feel and touch the product before you purchase it. If that was an option, if they, if you wanted to do that. And, uh, and that's what I think will be more than a little better to the consumer than just buying online and, not getting all the details or not feeling touch, like we say, you know, um, and hopefully we'll be able to offer that feel and touch um, environment when you're buying something either at the store or online. We'll, and that's what we believe will be successful on both ends of, uh, of, of what we're doing here. Great. Now, um, let's talk about Canada again. Um, these are going to be large stores as you conceptualize them. Uh, would you see one large store per major city, like say in Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, Vancouver, or do you have any, what, what would you see uh, uh, in terms well, of physical retail expansion? I, I would think that I'd like to go into the major uh, areas. I would like to go into Quebec, which uh, would be Montreal. Um, from there, I'd love to go into Toronto. And then uh, Calgary, Edmonton would be really good and going into Vancouver. I think that our secondary market would be the Saskatchewan, the Winnipeg, the Manitobas. I think we would want to not go there at the very, very beginning, but eventually branch out there if we see that the, our volume would be, uh, or if, if there's the population or we have the demographics that would be strong enough to to, to take a, a big box store like that. But we'll also, you know, we'll, we'll be supplying online so hopefully if, you know, someone could make a trip from, you know, either Calgary, uh, from Saskatoon into Calgary and, you know, visa, visa versa going into different areas if you wanted to make a trip and see something out there. But at the very, very beginning, we want to hit the big cities, you know. Yeah. And looking for existing, I guess, real estate, do you think uh, a purpose-built building uh, could happen? I mean, that's going to be a bit more money, I think, to, to build, right? 
Yes, you know, um, Nordstrom's here costs like 65 million to build the Nordstrom's, uh, you know, to, to build these type of big box stores. We're talking about 50 million. I heard some stores you can go up to, I heard one in San Francisco went up to 150 million in cost of build out. So some developers are looking to redevelop some of their the buildings into, you know, residential, into uh, some landlords are looking to bring those stores within the sh their shopping centers, redivide them within the mall and uh, make it like a pass through. Uh, but uh, we, you know, we're trying to offer a pretty much um, um, a cure into trying to keep those stores alive and hopefully generating enough volume that a very interesting volume, as a matter of fact, we're looking at very big numbers that it'll be beneficial for the landlord and for us to, to keep the building the way it is, to modify it for our use, and then to hopefully branch out and build our own eventually. This is exciting stuff. Well, we'll continue uh, watching what's gonna happen with consumers distributing. Can you tell us a bit about yourself? You've got uh, an extensive background in the retail industry. You mentioned you've been kind of at it since you were 16 and you, you're you over 60 now. Uh, tell yeah. us a bit about how, how things got started with you and, and what you're up to right now. Cause you've got Lindbergh, Yo-Yo Silver. Tell us a bit more about all of this here. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, my life started in the retail industry where I was uh, 16 years old. When I moved into the United States, I turned around and I worked with Luciano Benetton. And uh, um, I used to go to Trebizo uh, every month for many years. We created this concept called Play Life. And at the time, it was Benetton Sports System. They owned Rollerblade, Nordica, Prince, Killer Loop. We merged these things. And actually, I did Lululemon type of athletic wear before Lululemon even came out. Um, I was probably ahead of my game. I was maybe 10 or 15 years ahead of them. Um, so having said that, once I did Benetton, um, after that, I turned around and I did some Charles David. I worked with Charles David and the guests uh, guest boys with the Maurice Marciano and Charlie Malka. I developed, you know, the Charles David shoes and opened up some stores across Canada and also in the United States. And uh, from there, I, you know, I, I always look for what's new, what's next. Uh, I've, I've developed also a lot of stores for BCBG with Max Azria. And then I got into, uh, I've met also, I got into bed with these really good people up in Denmark uh, called uh, the PWT Group. And uh, they're the largest Scandinavian menswear group. Um, they were 66% owned by Lego and some financial banks and companies who are really good. Um, I'm actually still with them today. Uh, basically, they're, they're, they've been in business, I think, since 1910, from father to son. They have hundreds of stores all over uh, all over the world in Europe. And uh, so from there, I continue to you know venture out because I always like to see what's new and what's next. Um, I turned around and met the people from Yo-Yo So, um, went to China, uh, met the family, um, actually uh, lovely people. Uh, they turned around and expanded 1,200 stores all over the world. I took a, a licensing and distribution agreement for the United States. Uh, we started to expand here in the United States for that. And having said that, at the same time on the sideline, created Candle Time, which is a candle concept store. And um, like I said, you know, I'm always looking for what's new, what's next. And uh, here I am today with uh, the Yo-Yo Still banners, the Lindbergh banner, the Candle Time banner, and uh, Acutus Eyewear as well. I have teamed up with uh, Mrs. Amal Yosef, which is a, 
a very uh, a very fine doctor uh, within uh, she's in the Vegas uh, market I have many stores in Vegas so that's where I met her and I started Acutis Eyewear with her as a matter of fact we opened the first Acutis Eyewear over here at American Dream today um, which is a 3,000 footer uh, this is where I'm talking to you from is New York City and um, we've opened up uh, these four banners here at American Dream with the with the Garmazians and uh, there's uh, we're looking to we're looking to expand also within the United States, uh, all those brands. And I ventured out into the Wynwood area, down into Miami. Uh, Yo-Yo So will open up a 15,000 footer with introducing a Yo-Yo So Cafe, which Yo-Yo So hasn't done in any of its stores, but because the, the footprint was uh, up almost, I'd say 12,000 feet, that there was room for a 2,000 foot cafe that we're gonna launch out at the same time. So again, you know, um, I don't know when I'll stop, but I'm always looking for what's new, what's next. I'm always looking to add something to, to you know, so the consumer uh, feels, uh, you know, more comfortable and uh, give it a great shopping experience, you know, within within anything that we do with our stores. Yeah, that's what uh, that's, that's that's what I I hope to achieve, you know, in life because <laughs> I I get fun doing it. I don't want to get bored. <laughs> and um, like I said, I've been very blessed in life, and and I've always tried to like I you know achieve more do more uh, see more and i've never actually say or thought that i've i know it all um I've, i haven't stayed in only one industry which is the menswear where i've actually started in uh so i i'm, I'm a sagittarius so i don't know I, I get i get i get these feelings that you know i get bored real fast and i i'm looking for what's new and what's next and like i said here i am today i think my my latest one is what we're talking about today consumers and distributing and uh, that's what I hope will will be the billion dollar mark for me, because I'm thinking that those stores will average between two to three hundred million in sales. I won't hit the uh, the IKEA border where they're doing three four hundred million in sales. Um, I, I I don't think I'll be at at the Walmart level where who's doing five hundred and ninety million dollars uh, this year, or 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 Target that's doing one hundred ninety million. Uh, 990 billion sorry um but i think the yeah, walmart is at 590 billion i think target is at 190 billion um i'm hoping to do just a few and um and i'm and i'm hoping that this is the concept where i'll be over the billion dollar mark in no time i'm thinking for department stores um a few um a few memberships i should be at the billion dollar mark and then from there i i hope to go on an ipo and expand the brand aggressively, uh, and, I, and I have the people for that. My 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 son also does mergers and acquisitions with his law firm, and, uh, and that's where I'm hopefully headed. Yeah, this is yeah. very exciting stuff. No, no, no. We'll be following up a bit more with the story here for sure as as things progress. So, thank you so much for joining us today. This is Marco Riva. He's an entrepreneur and retail veteran who's uh, reviving. Uh, consumers distributing here in Canada and the United States. Thank you so much for joining us here, Marco. Thank you very much, Craig. It was wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, everyone, whether or not you're watching this today or listening to this on one of our podcast channels. This is Retail Insider, the video interview series. I'm your host, Craig Patterson. I'm the founder and publisher and CEO of Retail Insider Media. Thank you so much again. Be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're on here or want to be on. Take care and bye for now. Thank you.